Hi, this is Christina Black with Enchanted Rose Photography. If you're like me, you're usually behind the camera instead of in front of it. This vacation let me help you capture your memories. We offer different packages to fit anyone's needs. Find me at www.enchantedrosephotography.com and book your session today. Hello, welcome to the Dub Dub Review News Edition, and I'm your host, Chris Malik, and I'm joined by my regular guest co-host emeritus, Michael Black. How are you, buddy? Doing fantastic this morning, Chris. How about yourself? Doing really good. This is, again, a news edition of the Dubs. We are recording, actually, in the morning of June 20th. This is going to be released in the early evening of June 20th, so this is about as fresh as it gets. But Michael, today's going to be a little different news show, and I know we already a news show is different, and this is going to be a different version of a news show. What do you want to talk about today, buddy? Um, I thought we would talk about ticket prices, everything involved with ticket prices. That's kind of the thing this week. So, Okay, so this is going to be a really a different show because the, the annual pass price jumped for everyone across the board, and the public outrage like the social media outrage is is pretty palpable there are i mean everyone from across the gamut from like oh i'm never going to disney again to to this is too steep to everything it's it's out and it's available but we thought we'd give you a different look today upon the increase we want to give you like a historical context for this so we're going to compare some things today to kind of put this you know in in, in a not in a better light but at least in a and, and you've never come to us for this, a more educated light. <laughs> Those are in quotes that you never come to us for the more educated view. Uh, we're going to talk about the increase historically over years. We're going to talk about theme park attendance. We're going to talk about polls. But we want to show both sides of the argument because, yeah, this went up quite a bit, as much as about 20%. So we thought we'd give a little better insight to the situation. First things first. What do you think, Michael? Give me your gut reaction when you saw the ticket price increase from last year to this year, and we'll get into specifics later. Um, I I wasn't really surprised. Nope. I, I think we, we when, when I say ticket coming. two, I mean AP, obviously the annual pass in- increase. I'm sorry, right? And and I wasn't really surprised. I think with Galaxy's Edge coming and, and all that stuff, the the it's kind of at a premium to be able to be in the park. So I understand that they need to kind of help. I don't know, curb some some crowds and things inside there. Um, I, I'm kind of surprised at the level because it's one of those things to where everyone kind of expects it. But then I kind of thought Disney would want to kind of come in under, uh, a little under maybe set expectations, raising it a little bit, uh, but not so much to where everybody's like, holy cow, you know, uh, this is quite high. Uh, so that's the only thing that kind of surprises me about that. I'm not surprised there was an increase. Um, and we can get into later kind of my feelings on that, but that's my initial gut reaction. Okay. So 
I have a gut reaction on this as well, too, but you and I were talking before the show, and I was actually preparing for this show in my mind before we even talked about actually doing this. I was thinking, okay, how would I approach this topic? And I realized that this is, it's based upon a consumer relationship with Disney. So I guess I'll fold in my gut reaction with this statement. And I hope this doesn't come across as preachy or or, or anything along the like. But as a consumer, you control all the cards. So I want to make sure everyone's aware. Disney does not control the cards in this situation. You do as a consumer. It is your choice. It is everyone's choice to decide where to spend your vacation dollars. So I know that people say, oh, they love Disney and Disney's a requirement. It is not a requirement for anybody to go to Walt Disney World or Disneyland. It's optional. So it is, again, I want to make sure everyone's aware of it. It is completely optional for us to spend our dollars at the Walt Disney World Resort. We can choose to spend our money anywhere, be it theme parks, be it a museum, the Smithsonian, the national parks, going for a picnic, going on a bike ride. Anything is available to us. So again, before we really get into the the meat and potatoes of the argument... Everything that Disney is doing is based on a consumer relationship, so it's optional. The reason Disney can do this is, yes, it's based upon a business relationship. It's because they can, and the numbers support it. Do we agree with it? Well, I I, I don't know if we can determine that yet. Do we like it? No, we don't as a consumer. And I'm going to make a general broad sweeping statement. We don't like it. Can they do it? They can, and the numbers support that they can. So, um, my, my gut reaction is this, man, 20%. Wow. I hope they really can sustain that. So here's another piece to this. And I know I'm going on this tangent. Disney gets flack for this 20% bump and make no mistake. It's expensive. What is the premier pass cost now, Michael? What is the annual pass cost? Oh, I think the, well, the premium, let's see. The premium. I'm sorry. Not the premier. The premium. I apologize. Let's see here. Oh goodness gracious, I'm having a hard time. It, it, like I had my stuff up here. It's some it's some twelve hundred dollars, like twelve hundred and nineteen. Yeah, twelve nineteen. Right. Yeah, so twelve hundred and nineteen dollars. So it is it is substantial. It is a jump. It is a jump from last time of of heck, almost uh Oh man, it's it's more than two hundred dollars from the last time that the the pass was sold. So the number is huge, okay? Remember that number, 1,200. So for a family of four adults, let's say your kids are 16, you're looking at a gigantic number. Again, optional. Remember that, people. Put that in context. It's optional. But it's a 20% bump. So within 24 hours, the price went up 20%. So again, let's, let's file that away in the back of our minds. Okay, let's start this off here, Mike. Let's talk about attendance, because attendance is going to be a big, important part of this argument. Can they sustain this? Are crowds still coming to Walt Disney World? That's ultimately the answer is, do revenues support this? If you have a product that continues to grow and be in demand, can you support a price increase of this size? So you want to talk about crowd sizes and where Walt Disney World Magic Kingdom, Epcot, Hollywood Studios, where they fit. Do you want to talk about that first? Is that a good good spot? Or do you want to talk about, about a poll first? Um, let's let's hit the poll to kind of get an overall, overall kind of consensus of where at least 
like minds like ourselves um, kind of are viewing this okay. and kind of see when it because I think the the poll really puts together what people think as far as comparing or at least I don't know the word uh, comparing is at least putting the two together gotcha understanding that there is a, a definite connection to the attendance and the pricing. Okay, so for the the show, the WW Review Podcast, we created this Facebook group called Edcot E D C O T, and I like to say it's 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 not really listeners of the show; it's it's friends of the show and Disney fans. But we talk about a bunch of things. But I would say of the two hundred fifty three hundred people that are in there, I would say more than half of them know each other really well. So it's an open community. So I posted this poll on Tuesday, and I said this is related to the news today. So please answer honestly. What would you be willing to do? Option one, pay more either at the gate or with an annual pass to have smaller crowds and manageable wait times. Okay, option two, pay last week's price to have identical size crowds and wait times to the parks as they are right now. Or option three, pay less, say like 2010's pricing, to have larger crowds and higher wait times. So again, you could pay more to have less people. You can pay the exact same as it is a week ago to have the exact same as it was a week ago. Or you can pay significantly less but have much larger crowds. So I thought this would be be a unique exercise. So here's how the voting turned out. And we didn't get everyone to vote, but we got the better part of 60 people to vote here. Pay less. Four people. Okay, so people value their vacation time. They don't want to be shoulder to shoulder. And even though the idea is, ooh, we want to pay less, only four people said that. Twelve people said pay last week's price to have identical size crowds and wait times to the parks as they are right now. Forty-four people said we would be willing to pay more either at the gate or with an annual pass to have smaller crowds and manageable wait times. So it's pretty interesting that 44 people out of really almost the 60 people that voted decided that we don't mind paying more on our vacation dollar to see the park less full. That kind of supports the price bump almost almost right there. Now, this is a completely unofficial poll from, from people who obviously this does not represent the Disney community as a much larger figure, but it does represent the Disney community as it relates to both a combination of DVC owners and not. AP pass holders and not uh, Disney lovers and semi Disney fans. So this is a good, this is a good, uh, you know, you know, byproduct or, or that's that's the wrong word. A good, what's the word I'm looking kind for? Kind of a gauge or yeah, a, yeah, gauge yeah. gauge of the Disney community. So what do you think about that? What do you think about the 44 votes to pay more, 12 for last week's, and four for less, Michael? I I think it. It's truly representative, and I think that honestly, when we're talking, we're not talking ticket prices here. Like we said, we're talking annual passes. So when we're talking about annual passes, this is the group we're looking at. You know, a, a lot of times people say, "Well, that's not an accurate gauge." If you go into the Disney community and ask them about that, but these are the people that Disney has most likely asked. They their research has. I'm, I'm guessing has made them come to the same conclusion that this poll has shown. And that is the people that love Disney enough or uh, appreciate that as their vacation enough to warrant, I think the break evens like 10, probably still around 10 days. 
uh, in the park to break even on that annual pass. These are the people that they're after in that situation. So I think that it it truly shows that they could possibly even continue to raise. But I understand that at some point they're going to hit that tilt tipping point. But what this poll shows is they haven't hit it yet. Nope, even not yet. with this 20%, they mm-hmm. still haven't hit it. So, you know, they're going to continue to do it. And I think we will only see once Galaxy's Edge opens, and we, of course, have our annual ticket price uh, update, which will be that comes around January, typically, right? January, February. Uh, I think we're going to start to see them even go higher. But I have some uh, distinct thoughts on the annual passes and especially the Florida annual passes um, when we get to that point. But as far as this poll goes, I think it is representative. I think it is the right sample uh, for the type of people we're talking about. I think the the group shows a range of incomes, uh, a range of uh, geographic locations. And I think it does give a good representation that, hey, you know, something does need to be done. And I think it's it's accurate. Okay. You mentioned tipping point. So I, I want to talk about tipping point. What would what would define tipping point for you, Michael? What is When you say the increase, do you think tipping point as attendance numbers, revenue in general? What do you think? Or the social media backlash and outlash being overwhelming? What does tipping point define it for you? I think tipping point for me would be different than anybody else. So I think, but as far as for Disney, uh, I think tipping point would be that sweet spot to where they're not getting the increase that they're looking for. Uh, you know, each year they're going to look for a specific increase. And when they go and look at the numbers, they're going to assume that any price increase is going to affect those attendance numbers. And they're not going to want to stay stagnant. They're not going to be at 0%. Right, so so I think tipping point for Disney would be where can we continue to raise the prices, still have the guest experience where it needs to be, and still produce the increases that our shareholders are looking for. Okay, so so let's talk then. Let's segue into theme park attendance numbers here, because in my mind, tipping point is is at the end of the day, it's revenue. But the way to generate revenue is it's a little different for Disney. You would think, let's get people in the parks. And that way, the ticket price supports our costs and the ancillary costs of food, beverage, merchandise. But for Disney, it's different because, well, frankly, they allow you to bring your own food in. So in mm-hmm. in theory, they could be a $0 revenue generator at the end of the day for food because you could bring your entire day's snacks in. So really, ticket costs are 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 a, a huge factor in this and attendance numbers are a good barometer of like a tipping point so in order for them to make this price increase their numbers have to either show a flat return or they have to be increasing year after year after year or they have to know something's up and they have something in the pipeline that's in super high demand which we've seen there already is. So I guess we should mention Galaxy's Edge is obviously is the gigantic you know elephant in the room. Galaxy's Edge was such a game changer in Disneyland. They had to devise a new attendance option where you're only allowed in the park in Galaxy's Edge section for a certain amount of time in the day. You're not given free reign. If you're given free reign, that's where you get these six-hour, eight-hour, 
10-hour wait times for attractions, which in turn leads to a lot of negative negative, uh, posts in social media and a lot of customer dissatisfaction, as we've seen with Hagrid over at Universal right now, where they're posting eight-hour and ten-hour wait times, which seems you know you know completely ludicrous to me. So let's just talk attendance numbers. So we went and did a little bit of research ourselves here, and we do have some attendance numbers from last year, and this comes from ACOM and like the Theme Park uh, Association. So last year, we're talking the difference of 2017 to 2018, and by the way. No theme park is required to report these numbers. They can, they do, but they're not required to. There is no regulating agency for actually reporting of the numbers or or verification of the numbers, but this is the best information we have. So from 2017 to 2018, the top 25 amusement and theme parks, this is worldwide, okay? So this includes ones in Tokyo and whatnot. So we can talk specifically about the ones in, in, in North America, and that might be a little better you know, barometer. Maybe we should talk about the ones in North America first then. So number, number one on the list, the big hitter, the heaviest hitter in, 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 in the world is a Magic Kingdom theme park. So I could talk about exact numbers, but I can tell you this much. They increased their attendance by 2% last year. So they weren't flat. They actually increased it by 2%. Now, I know you're thinking that number is not big, but when you're talking, what's the exact number, Michael? Do you know the uh, attendance from, from 2018? Do you know the number? It's, it's showing almost 21 million. 21 million people from 20.4 to 20 point, almost, almost 9. That's a significant increase, so 2%. Number two is Disneyland, which showed a 2%. Now bear in mind that was on that was still people waiting at Disneyland for Galaxy's Edge. So it'll be interesting seeing what the 2019 number is. Number three, Disney's Animal Kingdom theme park at Walt Disney World. So the third highest attendance park in North America is Animal Kingdom. What was the number? What did it jump to, Michael? Well, that was a ten percent increase, and that was all due to Pandora, I can imagine. Ten percent on Pandora. Something that may have not resonated with people until they actually saw how beautiful it was. But the actual attraction to the Avatar movie, it had faded. It had, you know, it it had waned up to this point until they saw it. And it made the park attendance jump by 10%. Number four, Epcot. Michael, how much? 2%. 2%. Number five, Disney's Hollywood Studios. How much? 5%. 5%. The top five parks in North America are Disney parks. Okay, so if you're at a Disney board meeting, put yourself in their position. Our attendance rose. The top five <laughs> well-attended parks in North America, they're Disney parks. Okay, so mm-hmm. n- number six, Universal hits it. All right, Florida, 5% bump. Uh, number seven, what, what, what park was that, Michael? Do you know? California Adventure and Disneyland, 3%. Another Disney park. Number eight, Islands of Adventure at Universal Orlando Resort. Okay. What did that go up? 2.5. All right. So let's continue on here. Number nine, Universal Hollywood, 1% bump. Number Here's ten, the big one. Here's the big one. one. An, an eye opener, and I completely support it. I, I do. Not for morality reasons, but for just enjoying your vacation reasons. Number 10, SeaWorld Orlando. What percentage change did they go up? 16%. 16%. A 16% bump 
to see the attractions, to see the new uh, Sesame Street area, to see Shamu, 16% bump. My point of this is, if you went down, you have you have Bush Gardens, Tampa at number 11. If you look at the attractions in Florida, in the top 11, there's only two outside of Florida, and they're in California. They have, let's see, Universal Studios Hollywood. I'm sorry, there's three. Uh, there's, there's four, I apologize. Disneyland and California Adventure. These are crazy numbers. So Florida attendance is going up. Not one of these parks on this list is in the negative. The first one that actually falls flat is number 18, Six Flags Great Adventure, a flat attendance return. Number 20, Six Flags Great America, a flat attendance return. Those look suspicious because those are identical to last year's numbers. So Six Flags may not be reporting their numbers as honest as, as we, or not as honest, as 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 fully forthcoming as, say, the Disney numbers. So nobody on this list reported a negative attendance return. As a matter of fact, in the top 20, the average... Four percent growth across the board. So, but if you look at look at SeaWorld San Diego, that's the other one. Twenty percent. I think SeaWorld's image is coming back. I think that's what we're seeing. So, the point of this argument is this: people are still showing up to the park. Okay, Mm -hmm. now people are showing up in Disneyland in droves right now. Stacey Nyman's, uh, you know, on her way pretty much right now as the show gets released driving to Disneyland and she's hesitant and she's nervous because of the massive crowds that are going to be at you know Disneyland I know they're all going to be lining up at Galaxy's Edge but still generally around there people are coming in droves that's Disneyland okay that's not even the Walt Disney World Resort the Walt Disney World of Resort of course where in the attendance uh four of the top five parks in the country are located so yeah the Disney board meeting saying biggest hitter coming on board to our, our our biggest age demographic, which is like people from the age of like 30 to 50. That's us. They're opening Star Wars land, Galaxy's Edge. They're opening Star, uh, Star Wars land in Hollywood Studios. We've got a surefire hit. We've got attendance numbers that continue to climb. So talking on their end, not that I'm talking for the Disney company, why wouldn't we raise prices? And let's push the issue. Let's push it up higher than we've ever done it before. A 20% bump. So what do you think about that, all that information, Michael? It's a lot to take in, but I think what it boils down to is, like you had said, when you're looking at that, and I'm sure that we, they are getting feedback. Let's say you are... Uh, you know, you you have a family of four, and you're from the Midwest, and you want to take your kids on this once in a lifetime vacation to Walt Disney World. Okay, you're not like us crazy people who go. Well, we go once a week or whatever, or the people who go two, three, four times a year. Uh, let's say you're those people, and you spend all this money on this vacation because you know you want to give your kids this awesome experience. Mm-hmm. When you get down there, you're faced with such a, I don't know, it's it's hard enough as it is to navigate when you've never been. And it's hard enough to have an enjoyable experience on top of that. Then if you throw in so many people that it's hard to walk around or get your wits about you, at that point you start reaching out and telling Disney, hey, this was not the fun magical experience I was uh, granted. When you get so many of those, and this is all speculation, I don't know that 
this is actually happening. Uh, but when you get so much of that, at some point, Disney has to look at it and say, how can we help? You know, they're not going to sit on their laurels and say, well, they just have to deal with it. This is Walt Disney World. They want that experience to be enhanced for those guests. So when they look at it, the logical step would be to look at the people who uh, maybe go there a lot and think, you know, they enjoy our product so much that I bet they'll be willing to pay a little bit more for it. And then that should lower the crowds a little bit for those who aren't willing to do that. And then those people can have a better experience. I know this is all speculation and, and kind of sounds like I'm leaning more towards Joe or whatever in the Midwest with his family of four. But I think we all as Disney lovers want those people who are either experiencing Disney for the first time or uh, introducing it to their children for the first time. We want them to have a great experience. And to me, it kind of seems like by raising the prices of annual pass holders, maybe that might uh, kind of narrow down the attendance and and these numbers there's also a correlation of course and we don't have the numbers in front of us of souvenir sales uh, food and beverage sales mm-hmm. uh, things like that because that that could be different too I mean you could have a hundred people in the park 80 of them could be local I mean this is a hundred I know that's crazy but I'm just using it as an example let's say you had a hundred people in the park 80 were Florida residents who are on an annual pass and 20 of them are vacationing from out of state mm-hmm. there I'm, I'm going to almost guarantee that those 20 percent or the 20 people that are there from out of state are spending more money on souvenirs, more money on food and beverage, uh, more money on about anything else that's in the park that's not even related to attendance. So at some point you have to look at that and say, my goodness, these these folks that are coming in that are spending all this money, I want them to have as good of an experience as the people who are paying that aren't spending money on that. Does that make sense? It, it does. But let me just let me just add a, a footnote to you. So again, this is a very non-dub show because usually we're off the rails at this point. This is a very non-dub show. But let me put this point. When you say they want to help, let's make no bones about it. The ultimate goal of Disney is to make money. They're a publicly mm-hmm. held company, so they're making money. So this 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 may come in the vein of let's help, but it comes in the vein of let's make money. I get it. I understand it. I'm not apologizing for it. I'm. I, I just realized the reality of the situation. As far as annual passes go, does Disney does try and disperse the crowds and and push the crowds in different days in different directions as much as possible. So a few years ago, they devised this this program where it's going to be this tiered pricing program where like uh um and even with annual passes, you're allowed with this premier. Uh, this premium pass, you're allowed to go like uh, unfettered access 365. You can buy a, a downgraded pass, which offers you access certain times of the year. You could buy an Epcot after 4 p.m. pass. You can buy a bunch of different options to get you in the park. And there's a bunch of different pricing. So let's just make sure that we qualify this. It's not always because of their magnanimous and they're trying to go and, and help people's experience. That is one of the motivating factors, but it's not the motivating factor. The motivating factor is keeping the, the shareholders happy and make money for the Disney company. But I do agree with you on this. If I were to go and pull 10 people and, and, and five were Florida residents and five were not and they went to Walt Disney World and I said, show me your purchases today, I guarantee you those five people in Florida would have much less in their bag than the people from out of state because the people in Florida, you, Peter, Scott, 
Um, uh, you, you guys can go whenever you want. You can have dinner. You guys can go and run to Epcot for three hours and go home. What's going to be your purchase that day? Zero or, or close to zero. That's a broad brush, and I apologize. Unless if you go every time and buy a new T-shirt, Michael, I, I apologize. Yeah, that's not happening. That's not happening. Um, if you are if you're from out of state and I'm going to Walt Disney World for three hours, I am shopping like legitimately. I'm going to the electric chair, and the governor is not going to give me a pearl. So I I am literally buying everything that I can get my hands on. That's just the reality of vacationing with 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 you know is infrequently as we do in, in Florida as opposed to you being down there. Good point about the numbers as far as souvenirs and and food. So, let's talk though a little bit let, let's segue then into the cost increase. Now, we mentioned 20%. So, historically, I just want to throw some numbers at you and I know we have the same report by the way. We got a lot of our information from allears.net amongst other resources. But again, we continue to go and laud allears.net. They are not the be all end all, but you know what? They're really good and they can yeah, they compile yeah. a lot of good information and they've had for years. So, if you're looking for pretty much anything. I'm going to give a shout out to them for sure. If you're looking for for uh heck for attraction information, for resort information, for for Disney Vacation Club information, if you're looking for ticket increases, photography, allears.net, an amazing resource as a Disney fan. Like you could be as uh, you can be a casual fan and enjoy their site, you could be hardcore and enjoy their site. But there's many out there. Just be careful where you go. You can find information that's completely non-legit, and then you're going to take it as fact. And then, of course, you know you 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 end up you know giving out wrong information. But October 1971, there is no annual pass. It is simply people going to the day. What is the price, Michael? Do you have this information? Give me the cost. Give me the cost of one day. Uh, Michael and Chris went back in time. What is our ticket cost that day? Well, we are shelling out three dollars and fifty cents. Sweet for Jesus! General admission. Three, that's that's three, just general admission. Three fifty, okay. And there is a now. That's just general admission. Why do you say that? Why do you say it's just general admission? Because that that covers and that general admission ticket uh, does cover the transportation to the park okay. uh, from the TT, uh, TTC mm-hmm. um, and it covers any free attractions mm-hmm. like at that time would have been like the Diamond Horseshoe Review and, and things like that but it does not uh, they had of course tickets at that time for attractions gotcha so yeah you could buy a booklet and, and so much but honestly right now if you told me I could spend 90 cents to ride you know, small world or haunted mansion. I'd be like, okay, yeah. sign me up. I'll ride ten times. All right, let's warp. Let's go eleven years. The first year that the annual pass hit the board. So ticket price September of nineteen eighty two. Walking in the gate, fifteen bucks. Okay, but we have an annual pass that debuts. What's the annual pass in September of eighty two, buddy? The annual pass September eighty two one hundred dollars. Okay, a hundred dollars. October of 83, so roughly 11 months later, what was the annual pass? Let's see, 125. So it, it raised $25. Oh. And I'm 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 sitting here trying to look at correlation here cuz $15 and then 100, I guess that would be about the equivalent, about 10 days to break even, 9. Okay. Nine or so. Okay. So we're crabbing about 20%. Imagine in September of 82, October of 83, it did the exact same thing. So I'm not giving a correlation between the dollars then to the dollars now, but heck, it went up more than 20%, you know, in the course of, of that, of that time period. February 8 of 4, 
uh, February of 84, no increase. June of 84, 10 buck increase. We're going to warp here. We're not going to go year by year, but November of 94. So we've just traveled 10 years. Uh, where are we at, Michael, as far as the annual pass? We are at $199. Okay. Well, in November of 94, it actually... It, it, oh, yeah. I'm sorry. No, no problem. It surpassed the $200 mark for the first time. $205. Okay. So that's also the year they debuted the premium annual pass. So the premium annual pass came in at how much, buddy? $319. $319. And it stayed at $319 for a couple years where it started the slow increase. $96, $329. Ninety-seven, three fifty-nine. Then we hit three eighty-nine, three eighty-nine, three ninety-nine, three ninety-nine. We're up to October of nineteen ninety-nine, and we crossed the four hundred dollar mark. So we're only talking the the premium right now at this point. We're going to segue from just the annual pass to the premium. In January of two thousand four thirty-four. In January of two thousand and one, it's four sixty-nine. So. Uh, what's going on in 2001, buddy? Yeah, uh, travel industry kind of takes takes a hit there in, in September of 2001. So, that, of course, that's when 9-11 occurred, and uh, there was all kinds of chaos there. Right. So, interestingly enough, it does actually move from January of 2000 to 2001. They do an increase, and it's, uh, well, frankly, it's a $35 increase. And then we hold Pat. Then the travel industry and the tourism industry kind of gets uh, a punch in the jaw. And we kind of hold static. We do we do a bump uh, next year in September of 2002 to 489. And then it sits 489 in 2003, 489 in February of 2004. We do a $10 bump in March of 2004 to 499. In October of 2004, 499. So for the better part of a couple years, it's the exact same cost with a $10 bump. Okay, now we see attendance numbers start to rise again. January of 2005, 5.15. We're going to warp. We're going to shoot down here to January of, uh, I'm sorry, of June of 2013. We passed the $700 mark at $729. There's a $30 bump to get there. Then in about eight months, $754, $779, $829. 869 in February of 2018 949 in October 994 right in March mm-hmm. there's no change there is no change in March oh but we know it's but there coming is. yeah kind of yeah yeah we see it coming we see it coming so we can see that uh, as of a few days ago 1219 so it raised 225 it raised significantly higher than any other bump there was never actually an increase of over a hundred dollars the closest it got to was like a sixty dollar eighty dollar bump from annual pass it raised by 225 dollars just a few days ago so um just the brief history of the premium annual pass so let's break this down we've got annual pass holders and we're going to say i know florida residents get discounts i know dvc holders get discounts what is the cost of tickets right now and the one day ticket if i went to the magic kingdom today and i wanted to pay for a one day ticket what's that cost michael oh lord you didn't have me pull that one up hold on is it in this one it is in this one it is in this one 
I can go with it if you'd like. Yeah, go with it because I, I, I no for problem. Me, I'm just all focused on the annual pass. <laughs> annual pass, and nope. then I know they're all like tiered and peak and off. Peak Correct. And, Holiday oh. time one fifty nine, peak one thirty nine, which que- yeah. clearly is a summertime. Uh, regular is a buck twenty five, value buck seventeen, and low is one oh nine. So right now it's one thirty nine. So quick, easy math, roughly, you'd have to go once a month on your annual pass to break even pretty much at the exact same value. Actually, you would it'd be it'd be cheaper for the annual pass if you went once a month because you're looking at roughly uh, you know almost fourteen hundred dollars. So once a month, how many times do you go to Disney, Michael, in a month? Oh, any more? I would, I would say probably four or five uh, at the least, okay. and that's on a bad month. Four, it, 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 yeah, four or five, and but it's not for a full out eight, ten, twelve hour experience. You're probably capturing some footage for Theme Park Brothers, your YouTube channel. You're probably going on a few attractions and leaving. Is that accurate? Yeah, right now because of where we live. Yeah, it, it's not as much as we used to, but okay. yeah. Okay, so four or five. Let's say we got five over. Let's say we got four for easy math times 12 months you're looking at 48 visits you can do the math pretty quickly on 50 visits divided by 1219 how much that comes out to be per person per i mean per ticket per day that's a, still a, a relatively good value mm-hmm. and i'm not sympathizing with disney and i'm not giving them the you know i certainly can't give the authority i'm a schmuck from chicago but like when you prorate it for the florida residents yeah when you look at it, though, for people like Stacy Nyman, who had an annual pass and traveled to Chicago, and she was down there for six days now, and four days later, 10 visits, ooh, that's going to give her some pause, which is almost what Disney's looking for. We do want to thin out the crowds a little bit. We do want to improve that guest experience. We can do more or the same with less. It's a win-win-win for the Disney company. Smaller crowds, happier people, very similar revenue. So business percentage, business perception wise, why do you not do that? You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I completely agree. And and Disney is supposed to be the premium destination, right? It's supposed to be the best of the best. Mm-hmm. If you make it to the point to where everyone can go whenever they want, it doesn't I don't know how to say it, but it, it doesn't have the same cachet or as it did when you could, you know, when you had to save and you had to, this is a once every five years or once in a lifetime experience, it becomes, oh, well, we're going to Disney World again. And I'm sure they don't want that either. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it needs to be something special. Mm-hmm. So, and you, unfortunately, this day and age, a lot of times you have to pay for special. Mm-hmm. So, so I guess that's the, the last point is everyone is entitled to happiness in their life. And everyone's entitled to the pursuit to be happy, being a vacation, having a job, having a car, whatever. But Disney's not required to be the source of your happiness. So remember that as a consumer. I, I don't want to rail on this, and I don't want to. I don't want to be a, an apologist for Disney. Just a better understanding. And remember, when you're looking at an argument, try and look at both sides of the argument. Do you understand their motivation? Yeah, to make money. Is it cool for the consumer? No. I mean, it's going to cost me more money when I go there. Do I understand why they're doing it? Yes. Do we like it? No, we don't. But try to understand both sides of, of, of the coin. Now, again, I will say this. 
in Florida tourism dollars, everyone's this is like a, an attack on our childhood. We remember the Disney that we grew up with. We remember the Disney that our dads and moms took us to and the first time we took our kids there. And we want to preserve those memories for them. And it's becoming harder and harder to do so with discretionary income. Like, and I'm not, I don't know Stacy's finances, but she's got four kids. Uh, three, uh, Sophie would be older. She would, she probably would be an adult ticket. And Ethan Griffin would be probably still kids. And Britta might still be free, as a matter of fact. But you're looking at five annual passes. So they're asking the Nyman family to drop $45,000 on passes. Who could do that? You know, that's a lot of scratch. So again, Disney doesn't, Disney's not required to be the source of your happiness on vacation. Look at South Central Florida. Michael, what passes do you own right now? I just actually had a picture. I took a picture of everything that was weighing down my wallet there. Um, right now we have uh, Disney. We each have a Disney pass. Mm-hmm. Uh, we at the platinum one. We have the Universal Preferred Pass, Legoland. SeaWorld, that's um, the SeaWorld, the big one that has, uh, I can go to any SeaWorld park or Bush Gardens Park in the country, mm-hmm. as well as Sesame Place. Mm-hmm. So we have that one. And then I think that's it. Oh, Cedar Fair. We also have Cedar Fair passes for like Kings Island, uh, gotcha. Cedar Point, all those. Okay. So how many of those? So here's the question people are asking because, frankly, you have a YouTube channel, you're uh, a content creator. How many of those are given to you by the source? None. Zero. At this point, zero. Yeah. Zero. And as far as I go, I'm a content creator as well, too. How many are given to me by the source? I'll let you answer that one. (laughs) You know? I'm guessing zero. Zero. So everything we have, we pay for out of pocket. We are not large enough in the Disney community. And I don't even know if they would do that. It's all paid out of pocket. It is our choice to do that. But, Michael, there's a tipping point for you. As a Mm -hmm. content creator, there's a tipping point for where you can no longer afford to get a Disney Pass. So I appreciate that. Do you find better value in your Universal, SeaWorld, Busch Gardens, Legoland Passes than you do in Disney right now? Do you you perceive better value for you? I do. Yeah, tough question. I do personally. Mm -hmm. Um, And and I'll I'll tell you why. Uh, And I'm going to let you in kind of on this. It's no secret how much this stuff costs, so you could look it up. So I'm not like giving you a dive deep into our finances or anything. But let's say, for example, Disney, we pay monthly, which that is a blessing uh, for Florida residents to be able to split up the costs monthly. We're Mm -hmm. not having to dig in and pay five grand all at once or whatever. Mm -hmm. But uh, we pay roughly, I'd say 225, 230 a month for Disney passes. Mm -hmm. Uh, Our universal passes have a higher down payment, but then our, Monthly is much for all four of us. Our our uh, universal passes are sixty nine dollars a month. So, uh, and, and that's taking out Disney doesn't make you pay a huge down payment. So there's where the difference is. There they're relatively about the same price. Okay. The thing is the where the perceived value at Universal is for me. Universal gave us six extra months. So you remember when Disney was given that one month extra. Mm-hmm. Uh, for for a pass, mm-hmm. Universal said you get to a, your the preferred pass will give you six extra months. So there's going to be a time period for six months that we aren't going to be paying for Universal's pass until that eighteen months comes around and then we start paying again. Uh, Legoland, um, it's not a place that we would visit as much. We don't see as much of that, but 
the cost of the pass, we paid three twenty, three hundred twenty dollars for for me, Jordan, and Cameron straight up, and that's it for the year. Okay, so we're we're done with that. So when when you look at it, am I getting that much value out of Disney? Considering I'm paying almost per month about ninety dollars less per month than I paid for Legoland's full year. Mm-hmm. Am I getting that much more value out of it when I we when we go? We're dealing with the crowds that we're dealing with. Gotcha. So I think that that's what it comes down to. Even Universal, when we go there, we feel more at ease and feel less crowds there than we do at Disney. Mm-hmm. And I've said this before, and I, you know, I, I know the audience that I'm speaking to, but I've said this before that it seems sometimes people who are at Disney vacationing, and I'm not talking about us, you know, seasoned Disney folks. But when you get people on vacation, they have such high expectations at Disney that it starts to affect the people around them. Their behavior, and sometimes I'd like to use the word entitlement, because of the prices that they're perceiving that they're paying, uh, they feel that they should have this amazing experience, and sometimes that's at the cost of those around them. Gotcha. So I think that that's where, that's kind of, and the tipping point for me will be when I don't find when I when I see the amount of money that's coming out, and I ask myself, "What am I paying for?" Yeah. And I'll tell you where Disney is very smart is that they keep us wanting to keep it because let's say last year or two years ago we were like, "Ah, you know, maybe we should get rid of our Disney." No, because Star Wars, you know, Galaxy's Edge is coming, and we want to see that. Toy Story Land's coming, we want to see that. And Disney is very good about always keeping you in anticipation there's always something else that you want to see of course it's 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 the it's the rule you know? of it's the rule of business they aren't forcing you to open your credit card and open your wallet and spend the money you're doing it willingly because it's worth it because they mm-hmm. are the best in the marketplace because they they create the greatest stories and and the most fun attractions and the most immersive experiences they're the best at it. So you're willingly spending that money. Uh, agreed. Universal was really close and it's on their tail. Um, again, you know what? I'm sorry. I, I glossed past it. I was writing some notes. Your Universal, uh, I'm sorry, your SeaWorld Pass, what does that cost you? I know it has SeaWorld and Bush Gardens. What does that cost you, Michael? Uh, that one, we got the the big boy because we were going to be going to Williamsburg and everything else. So it cost us a little bit more. I think it's about... Uh, and by the way, folks, it's not literally called the big boy. So if you're searching the big boy, yeah, don't don't yeah. don't search that. The big boy, and, and I'll tell you, in our relationship, Christina takes care of a lot of that. So okay. I, I believe it's about eighty dollars. I could be wrong. It may be. Let's go with hundred. Okay, that might be right in the middle. Okay, <laughs> I think it is. Uh, that's for all of us. Gotcha. So. Let's talk about ways people can save money. And this is going to be off the cuff because we haven't prepared this. There are ways you can save money on these tickets. First off, they have devised this program where they try and target certain times of the year. Holiday times are most expensive. Value times, uh, um, you know, peak, regular value, low times. Utilize different times of the year. And of course, people are like, oh, I'm a teacher. Well, I married a teacher. I know this. I can't go in September. I get that. I understand that. But there are certain teachers that have schedules like Tamara Spidell that get a, a nice fall break and the opportunity to go when it wouldn't be considered a, a, a peak or a holiday time. Utilize that. 
Um, go to your neighborhood Sam's Club or Costco or pay attention. They do sell Disney gift cards, oftentimes at a discount. You can use that Disney gift card to ultimately pay for your park ticket or annual pass. You'll be getting a discount on the front end when you purchase the gift card. Now, it's a very small amount, but when you're purchasing $4,000 worth, that small amount does add up over time. So pay attention to that. When you're on property, you see oftentimes you'll find these, and I've said not to do this, but legitimately it is a source that you can obtain. You'll see these timeshare companies selling timeshares for Westgate and whatnot, and they will often offer an incentive of sit through our timeshare presentation, which are reprehensible things where they have these high pressure tactics and they make you feel really bad. But oftentimes, at the end of the day, if you can make it through, which, you know, again, I'm not recommending, they do often offer Disney water park passes or very reduced park passes. So you can do that. But again, it's your vacation time. Utilize your time wisely. Do you really want to spend six hours at a timeshare presentation on one of your six days on vacation? Probably not. But they do offer that. There are military discounts uh, through Shades of Green. I know several times a year, Florida seems to on, you know, or Disney seems to roll out this four park ticket. And I think last year it was four parks for either, oh, I could be wrong. It was like 179 or 199 for military. And you had to go, you know, it was, it was day one you had to redeem it. By day seven, it had to be done. Or by day 10, it had to be done. But they do offer military discounts. So that is a possibility. Go to undercover, you know, you go to the, go to those ticket brokers. I don't want to use the name even though I revealed it, but there are a bunch of ticket brokers. Make sure it's authorized. You can oftentimes find these tickets at a discounted price. Again, not a huge percentage, but they are discounted. And even when Disney does this AP increase or this ticket cost increase for about a day or two after the increase, they often have some leftover inventory and you could still obtain the old pricing if you get on it quick. But you can go to one of these authorized ticket brokers. Now, again, be careful. If it's uh, if it's if it's in a in a Waffle House and it looks sketchy, like the guy could literally disappear within three minutes, be careful. Do a little bit of research. You can find them on the internet. And and again, I don't want to throw business in one direction or another, but uh, you'll know who is who once you search. You know, Disney ticket reseller. You'll figure out which one has the best reviews and which one has an app and are established, and which one is sketchy. Which one has like a card table out of his trunk? <laughs> right. This 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 dude. You know, wearing ripped jeans and whatnot. Don't go to him. Don't go to him. <laughs> the poster board, the C's backwards, and ticket. Right. Yeah. Um. Last but not least is you know Disney itself. They offer you know things like free dining options they offer you know a free park ticket option when you purchase a you know a full price you know resort stay use a travel agent they often release these specials that you may not even be aware of but your travel agent is so go to your travel agent we have a bunch of travel agents you know i use one i use my friend amy vance wolf for pretty much anything that i do that requires a travel agent but go and find a travel agent that's familiar with disney we've got a bunch of them edcott jesse fouts and 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 amy and, and christy bullet but um or bulo but feel free to use someone very familiar with the Disney company. That's going to help you as well. But make no mistake, it's going to cost you. <laughs> That's the other the game. is It's going to cost you quite a bit. And the reason it's going to cost you is because they can. Is it cool? Yeah. No, it's not cool. It's expensive. Do you understand why? I hope after today's show, you kind of understand the motivation. Kind of like, you know, I get it. 
But still, yeah. you know, we're ultimately paying the price. But just know we've allowed them to do this. We've inc- we've increased attendance. The demand is there, right? So if the it, demand it is. is there, they can raise the price. So I've talked too much today. I'm literally winded. What, any, give it, bring us to close, Michael. What do you got to say at, at the close of this? Well, the, the last thing I want to say, because I, when I sit and I think about sometimes when I talk about Disney or comparisons, it sounds like I'm being negative Nancy or, well, whatever masculine name you use for that. Um, but did, honest did, to goodness. Did you say negative Nancy? Yes, I did. Okay. Yeah. Um, so, but honestly, the product that Disney puts out there, the, the real question, we talked about tipping point. The real question is, at what point does it become more costly for us not to have them uh, emotionally or as far as family time or things we want to see than to have them? And I don't see in our in the foreseeable future, I don't ever see that being an option of us not having the passes. I think that that's more, that would be less desirable than us saving that money per month so and ultimately that's i mean that's supply and demand that's the consumer that's capitalism in a nutshell but i want to say that disney puts out such a superior product that even when we moved to ohio that's the one ticket that didn't get dropped Mm. i mean it has been the one ticket an annual pass that through our entire eight years from when we moved to florida the first time and actually before that living in Ohio that has been consistently renewed with without a break. Every other park has had a break or a, you know, hey, we can do without this for one year, never Disney. Gotcha. And I think that that's important to note when I do say, you know, all this other stuff. I think it's important to note that that Disney is the priority. It is pretty much the gold standard when it comes to our theme park world. And uh, I think they will continue to raise, and I think we'll continue to pay. Okay, got one question for you before we go. And by the way, when, when we leave, we're, we're going to sign off. We'll sign off right now. You can find Michael at, at Theme Park Boys on Twitter, at Theme Park Brothers on YouTube. You could find us at the WW Review on Facebook or, or join our Facebook group, which is Edcott. But here's the question I asked yesterday to Tamara Spidell, Lisa Yost, and Peter Panacorvo. We did a three-word show that's going to come out in a couple weeks. It was a lot of fun. But here's the question I want to ask you. Divorce yourself from Florida. Divorce yourself from annual passes. Pretend they don't have that option. And let's just go with ticket cost per day for you. Okay? So I want you to kind of rid yourself of those thoughts. And I want to do my Disney Thanos snap and make half the people disappear. Okay? When you go to the gate, I'm going to reveal a ticket price to you. Tell me if you're paying it or if you're not. So again, half the people just disappeared. Okay. Is it worth 200 bucks a day per person for you? 800 bucks for your family, including for your youngest son. Is it worth 200 bucks a ticket, Michael? Half the people gone? Half the people gone. Half oh, the people yeah. gone. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. That's a steal. $250 a day, Michael. You're looking at at $1,000 for the blacks to go to the Magic Kingdom. No annual passes. You're there for your one time per year. A thousand dollars, two hundred and fifty bucks a ticket. Half the people gone. Is it worth it? Yep, I'm still hanging in there. Still hanging in there. Three hundred dollars, twelve hundred dollars just to get into the park. Is it worth it to you? 
Yes, and I could tell you my number if that would make it faster. Okay, let's do it because right about when when you cross the thousand dollar mark for your family, I got to be honest, it's where that hand gets a little wobbly when you start pulling out the credit card. But go ahead, what's your number? For me, if I'm on a vacation, my number would be five hundred per ticket. For half the people gone, still allowing fast passes, you would pay up to two thousand dollars for that experience if half the people disappeared. If it was just, you know, a family vacation, and yes, I would, because I look at that dollar amount and I think I'm spending money on a cruise. I'm spending how much money on that? Yeah, yeah. I think two thousand, I would pay it. Wow. That's a bigger number than I thought. You know, that's a that's a bigger number. Where where's your number? Or you do we have to wait until n- the show? No, 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 no. Well well actually for me, you know what, it's probably close to like three hundred dollars a day and then I'm deciding to go elsewhere. And I, I I'm not wealthy. You know me. I'm not wealthy. You're not wealthy. We are we are we are middle class dudes that that both work a lot, you know, to try and get what we can. So we are not coming from from generational wealth at all. But I value my time on vacation. Really important. So when my family's there, the last thing I want to see my kids do is they have to wait in every attraction for an hour or become miserable in the heat and and, and not enjoying their experience. So I pay about three hundred dollars. For me, that's fifteen hundred bucks. That's per day. Which tells me, I still can tell the people that are buying the annual pass and the tickets, they're going up. We got a lot more to go, people. So if you're unhappy now, just buckle in because it's going to continue to rise. Once we reach that point where those numbers don't go up 2%, 4% per year, and we see it negative, that's where you'll see them pause and rethink their strategy. It may never go down. It probably will never go down, but it may plateau. And it may be coming, but I don't think we're even close to it right now. We talked to two regular dudes, Michael and Chris. We're not wealthy by any means. We're willing to go higher if the experience was better and there was half the people there. So anyways, send us your uh, send us your thoughts. Uh, send us to us at the Dub D Dub Review on Facebook, our, our Facebook page. Send it to uh, Theme Park Brothers, the Facebook page. Send it to Edcott, which is our Facebook group. Send it to Twitter. Contact us. Michael, how can they get a hold of you best? I know I've mentioned all your stuff. How can they get a hold of you best, though? Um, Theme Park Brothers or even my personal Facebook, if you want to go over and friend me. Hey, you know, I'm always open for more Disney folks. Michael Black, right? Yeah. Yes. All right. Thank you for downloading and listening. We hope we at least brought the conversation you know portrayed both sides and again send us your information send us your thoughts and comments we are open to hearing them so for my 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 buddy michael and for myself i'd like to thank you have a great day catch you on the flippity flop (laughs) 